Over the next uh, six weeks, uh, and starting today, we're going to be looking at what it means to live faith in exile. And so this morning we begin with the story of Shifra and Pua. Hear now this story from Exodus chapter 1. And if you're wondering why I'm reading it this morning, there are some uh, complicated names in here, and I didn't want to make any of you out there be forced to try and slog through all of this in the story. So hear now this reading from Exodus. These are the names of the Israelites who came to Egypt with Jacob, along with their households, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. The total number in Jacob's family was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Eventually, Joseph, his brothers, and everyone in his generation died, but the Israelites were fertile and became populous. They multiplied and grew dramatically, filling the whole land. Now a new king came to power in Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, The Israelite people are now larger in number and stronger than we are. Come on, let's be smart and deal with them. Otherwise, they will only grow in number, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and then escape from the land. As a result, the Egyptians put foremen of forced work gangs over the Israelites to harass them with hard labor. They had to build storage cities named Pithom and Ramesses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed the more they grew and spread. So much so that the Egyptians started to look at the Israelites with disgust and dread. So the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. They made their lives miserable with hard labor, making mortar and bricks, doing field work, and by forcing them to do all kinds of other cruel work. The king of Egypt spoke to two Hebrew midwives named Shifra and Pua. When you are helping the Hebrew women give birth and you see the baby being born, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, you can let her live. Now the two midwives respected God, so they didn't obey the Egyptian king's order. Instead, they let the baby boys live. So the king of Egypt called the two midwives and said to them, Why are you doing this? Why are you letting the baby boys live? The two midwives said to Pharaoh, Because Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're much wilder and give birth before any midwives can get to them. So God treated the midwives well, and the people kept on multiplying and became very strong. And because the midwives respected God, God gave them households of their own. Then Pharaoh gave an order to all of his people, throw every baby born to the Hebrews into the Nile River, but you can let all the girls live. This is the word of God for us today. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, speak out your word this day. Use my words as you see fit, but in all things spread forth the word of your Son, Jesus Christ, that he may be glorified, that he may grow and increase in us and in the world to your glory through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. The more things change... I'm hoping that you responded with the last half of that. The more they stay the same. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Here's another one for us. 
Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's right. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. These two go so well hand in hand with our story today from Exodus and even in what we are living through presently in our lives. The more things change, the more they stay the same, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We see this in today's story in Scripture in that while a long time has passed and God's people have now settled their home in Egypt, Pharaoh has seen these people not as an asset, not as wonderful neighbors, not as a great faithful people who can share in the bounties of Egypt, but rather as a threat, a threat to his absolute power a threat to his culture, his society, a threat to his understanding of the way that the world ought to be. What he sees actually is that the Israelites are fulfilling the faithful call that God has placed upon all creation and especially this chosen group of descendants of Abraham. Be fruitful and multiply. God promised Abraham that he would make of him a great nation, multiplying him to the ends of the earth, a blessing for all peoples. And yet here, because the Israelites are living so faithfully, because they are multiplying, because they are being prosperous, because they are growing the increase of who they are and what they occupy and offer, Pharaoh, instead of seeing them as a blessing, sees them as a threat. Isn't that so true of us sometimes? Aren't we sometimes quick to look at something and let fear and uncertainty and doubt take hold of us because it's a new thing or because it's not what we're used to or because it's not something that came from us? And instead of seeing it as a potential blessing, instead of seeing it as an opportunity for us to grow and expand and to be more than who we are, we don't want things to change. We want more of the same. And so instead of responding with welcome and grace, instead of taking the opportunity to learn and grow, we say, oh, no, no, none of that, please, or that can't possibly be real. That can't actually happen. No, 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 that's not the way it is. Because it doesn't fit our preconceived notions about the way the world works. It doesn't fit our understandings of the way things should be. And yet we serve a God who is in the business of constant redemptive creation. That's who God is. That's who God is from the very beginning. So it shouldn't surprise us that in this Exodus story we see numerous parallels to the creating God story in Genesis chapter 1, to the work of God in bringing about something new out of the chaos that exists. And this, friends, this is the very chaos that begins the story. And yet it's also filled with the multiplication and the faithfulness of God's people in attending to God's creative, redemptive work. It's got to take faith to keep on doing what you know is right when everything is set against you. 
It's got to take trust that there is a promise, that what has been promised to you, that the possibilities of the new thing are greater than the pain and the struggle and the difficulty of the current circumstance. The Israelites have held on to this faith in the midst of their captivity. They have continued even to grow and continue to multiply, even though Pharaoh continues to make things worse and worse and harder and harder. I'm reminded of a line from the uh, Star Wars film, A New Hope, Episode 4, where Princess Leia is brought before the evil Grand Moff Tarkin in the clutches of Darth Vader and is getting ready to destroy her home planet of Alderaan. And she says, Princess Leia, in defiance, says this, the more you tighten your grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. The same is true for us. The more we try to control and hedge in and stop the new that is happening, the more we try to work against God's work, the more we try to work against change, the more we find ourselves being closed in and pressing out the blessings and the wonders that could be ours if we would only be willing to open our hands and receive them. Two such women are capable of doing this. As Pharaoh sees that oppressing and enslaving the Israelites is not getting him what he wants, he rather decides to root out the Israelites at the source, at the birthing table. And so he enlists the help of at least these two midwives, Shifra and Puah. And he tells them, when you go to assist the Hebrew women in the delivering of their babies, kill the boys. You can let the girls live if you want, or you can kill them too. I really don't care. Pharaoh shows an utter disregard and disdain. He shows that his fear has allowed him to now hate, and that that hate has now driven him to oppress, and that that oppression has now led him to seek out cruel acts of violence against these women. And so, Shifra and Pua decide, no. They have a greater hope. They have a greater faith. They have a greater commitment to the promise of their work and what it is that they do. You see, the word midwife actually comes from an old English construction, and it literally means with woman. It's an ancient and noble profession, one that is very well revered and regarded in many places around the world. In fact, in some places in the world, it's the primary means by which women are assisted in their birthing. But midwifing fundamentally is about entering into the circumstances of birth and being a companion through the process. Wikipedia, I think, actually gives a great definition for part of the role of midwife, which is the midwife is there to intervene when necessary when things don't follow the normal plan. Midwives are there to intervene when necessary when things don't follow the normal plan and to give assistance in high-risk situations. Well, what could be more high risk than putting your very own life on the line 
to ensure that the babies born to this entire group of people, especially the male babies, not only survive the birth, but are able to thrive. They easily could have done something to the children to mutilate them or hamper them without going so far as to kill them. After all, that would be something better than just straight-out murder. But no, they understand that fundamental role that they have, which is not primarily as a medical professional, not primarily as a scientist, not even primarily as a woman, because midwives can be men too. Yes, they can. But they understand their work as being that of a companion, a knowledgeable friend who enters into the circumstance that is before them, a circumstance that has a great deal of pain and struggle and work involved with it, and to encourage that work, to help it come to fruition so that the women can finally birth into the world that which they have been nurturing and caring and working towards for at least nine months. They understand that their work is not to control the outcome of the birth, but rather to facilitate its birth to the best of their ability, to do whatever they can to bring this new thing, this new life, this new child into the world. Friends, this too is our basic and fundamental role as people of God. This is who God created us to be because this is who God is, the God who is constantly bringing out new, creative, redemptive life into the world. There's a wonderful, there are many wonderful stories in the world about fantastic teachers who have also fulfilled this role. But I think one of the greatest stories is one that's immortalized in the 1988 film, Stand and Deliver. If you've never seen that film, I cannot more highly recommend it to you. Go rent it. Watch it today. It chronicles the true story of Jaime Escalante, a mathematics teacher in East L.A., and he refused to give up on his poor Latin American students, kids who everyone else had given up on, kids who had criminal records, kids who were thought to be stupid just because of where they lived and the color of their skin, kids who didn't have access to good teaching or resources or textbooks. And he said, I believe in a new thing that's possible here. And if you're willing to work, if you're willing to struggle, if you have the ganas, the diligence, the dedication then I'm going to midwife. I'm going to come with you to make it happen. In working with these students both in and outside the classroom, he was able to have his first class, 18 students, all pass the state AP calculus exam. Now you'd think that would be the end of the story, wouldn't you? But no. The state board questioned the scores. They thought that these students must have cheated because they came from a place and a race and a people that had never done anything like this before. So it couldn't possibly be real. 
Well, Mr. Escalante said, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to give up the fight. I'm going to not let you kill this new life that these kids are bringing about in the world. And so he went and he advocated and he fought and he convinced the board to let the students take the test again in a proctored exam at which he was not present. You know what happened? Those 18 students did better on the second test than they did on the first. Friends, this is exactly the work that we have to do. It's not easy work. It's not short-term work. And right now, while we're living apart from each other, while we're not able to gather in the places where we want to, we are being forced to work through, to struggle in the pain of asking the question, God, what's the new thing that you're doing? What's the new thing that you're doing in my life? What's the new thing that you're doing in the life of our congregation? What's the new thing that is coming to bear? Because this is who God is, and this is what God has asked us to do. And so we have two choices. We can ask that question, which is naturally coming to us anyway. We can engage it. We can work through it. We can come alongside others as they are doing the same. We can midwife it and do everything possible to find out what it is and to facilitate it into being. Or... We can ignore it, or we can actively come alongside it and try to kill it and say, I will not be part of the new thing. I do not want this. This is wrong. This is bad. This is no good, simply because it's new and different. The question for us this scripture raises is, who in the story will we be? Will we be Pharaoh? Will we let our fears and our quests for power, our desire to keep things in a controllable, understandable, maintainable way, limit us and even cause us to engage in overt and covert acts of violence? Will we be shifras and puas, midwifing the new things into the world, coming alongside with cleverness and faith? Or will we be simply the people that God has called us to be, continuing to multiply and faithfully do the work that God has given us to do, despite our difficult circumstances, despite the hardships we now are living in? Who will we be? What will we do? That's the answer for you to find on your own, for us to find together and for us to receive through God's Holy Spirit.